Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. Today is day 831 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. The past several months on Wednesday, we have been focusing on interpreting current events through a biblical worldview. To establish a biblical worldview, it is important that you also have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the culture of the authors. In order to help us to better understand God's Word, we are investing the next several months on Wednesdays reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. These essays have been compiled into a book titled, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. If you study local customs and cultures within nations around the world, you are likely to find certain practices that just don't make sense to you. They may apply to diet, dress, rituals, superstitions, or physical changes. One such practice that God set forth as a sign of separation from the world and dedication to Him was the practice of circumcision for all males that were the descendants of Abraham. These descendants became the nation of Israel. So the topic of our essay for today is, Why Circumcision? Circumcision is mentioned nearly a hundred times in the Bible. It is the central focus of the Old Testament and New Testament theology, as mentioned in Romans chapter 4, verses 9-12. through 12. Now, is this blessing only for the Jews, or also for the uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Circumcision is a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had accepted him and declared him to be righteous, even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they had the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. There are many more details about circumcision in the New Testament, some of the passages, such as Galatians chapter 2 and chapter 5. If we are honest, though, circumcision as a covenant sign just sounds absurd. Was it unique to Abraham and the nation of Israel? Not really, which we'll look at in a moment. Circumcision was a sign or mark of God's covenant with Abraham, and it is found in Genesis chapter 17, verses 9 through 14. Then God said to Abraham, Your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of the foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to members of your own family, but also to the servants born into your household and to the foreign-born servants who have been purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies must bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking this covenant. If you study the cultures in the areas where Abraham was from, you will find that circumcision was widely practiced in the ancient Near East, although the method was not always the same. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 25 and 26 notes that Israel's neighbors were circumcised. A time is coming, says the Lord, 
when I will punish all those who are circumcised in body but not in spirits, the Egyptians, Edomites, Ammonites, Moabites, the people who live in the desert in the remote places, and yes, even the people of Judah. And like all the pagan nations, the people of Israel also have uncircumcised hearts. Archaeologists have also found that it was practiced in Syria and Phoenicia. Textual remains indicate that circumcision in Egypt goes back to at least 2200 BC, centuries before the Israelites were enslaved there. Some of the Israelite men may have been submitted to Egyptian circumcision while in Egypt, since Joshua commanded the men crossing into the Promised Land to be re-circumcised in order to roll away the reproach of Egypt. This is found in Joshua chapter 5 verses 2 through 9. The evidence suggests that circumcision did not distinguish Israelites' men from their foreign neighbors. When God told Abraham to be circumcised, he was past the age of bearing children, and his wife Sarah was incapable of having children, as we are told in Genesis chapter 18, verse 11. Nevertheless, it would be through Sarah's womb that God would fulfill his promise of innumerable offspring to Abraham. God's covenant with Abraham could only be realized by miraculous intervention. The miraculous nature of Isaac's birth is the key to understanding circumcision as the sign of the covenant. After God made the promise to Abraham, every male member of Abraham's household was required to be circumcised, which is described in Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 through 27. Every male, and every woman, since the males were incapacitated for a time, knew that circumcision was connected to God's promise. It probably didn't make any sense, though, until Sarah became pregnant. Everyone in Abraham's household witnessed the miracle of Isaac's birth. From that point on, every male understood why they had been circumcised. Their entire race, their very existence, began with a miraculous act of God. Every woman was reminded of this when she had sexual relationships with her Israelite husband and when her sons were circumcised. Circumcision was a visible, continual reminder that Israel owed their existence to Yahweh, who created them out of nothing. The practice of circumcision is not the same under the New Covenant. In the New Testament, membership into God's family is circumcision neutral, as Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 tells us. For when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith, expressing itself in love. It is this faith in Christ, not a Jewish identity signified by circumcision, that makes someone part of the church. Paul even connects baptism to circumcision in Colossians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performs spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you are raised to new life because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Like circumcision, baptism is a response driven by faith. It is the outward manifestation of an inward change of heart. Both of these signs are for men and women. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, The Abandoned Child is a Basket Case. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute wisdom nugget that will provide you with a bit of wisdom that, if followed, will allow you to grow healthier, wealthier, and wiser each day. So encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. 
That will finish our trek for today. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 830 treks or read the Wisdom Journals, they are available at wisdom-trek.com. You can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Play so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.